So I was having a conversation with my mentor the other day, you know, a random one. She happens to also be a, you know, a psychologist. And so it was it's usually quite a breath of fresh air just having a discussion with her. And so I was telling her about my anxious ear and like looking back at it in hindsight and like what I'm really trying to pursue this new ear. And she gave me some insights. And while she was talking, I was like, why aren't we recording this as a podcast? <laughs> you know, why aren't we recording this as an episode? Because these are such good gems. And I really pray that one day I'll be able to bring her on here and we can have a little chat um, about many, many stuff. So I just want to share with you. In today's episode, I want to share with you some of the great gems that we discussed with her from our little chat. Hello and welcome to Life and Godliness with Phil. I am happy to have you here. Thank you for coming for this episode. As I have said, I thought I can share a bit of the gems that we chatted with my very, very good special person, my mentor. So um, I was telling her about the anxious ear and how I was anxious about everything. Yani, I was just stressed absolutely stressed about how the year was going everything was you know I was just overthinking everything trying to you know be it's it, it, it was trying to perform and just be perfect at everything you know how the year looked like just being pastors you know we had just been made pastors and now we were you know taking it was like we were supposed to take care of other people's kids when we are still kids ourselves <laughs> And so that, there was a lot of anxiety with that. And so I was talking to her about it. And I started to share with her, telling her that I feel that I would have been at a better place if I was put in the position that I was in. You know, I having now my young boys, my little boys, and now, you know, a pastor, a youth pastor and all that. I was telling her I would... I would be a bit more comfortable if all this was happening when I was around 50 years old, especially the whole being made a pastor thing, right? I feel, because I know what it takes to be a pastor. I see young lads, yeah? I see young lads around me, young men and women really jumping towards wanting to be a minister and a pastor and in my mind i'm like do you really know what you do you like do you know what do you understand i know you see them on facebook and i know you see them going up on stage and preaching and you're like oh i want all that glam do you really know the amount of sacrifice the family and you as an individual have to make you're not the one who's people are sacrificing for Imagine you probably think you'll get more money, Ama, you'll be paid, Ama, you'll have more recognition and popularity. Do you know what is at stake to have all that, the popularity and all that? Do you know what is at stake? Because to me, the way I understand it is that you don't, you don't know what is at stake. You don't know, and that's why you're running towards it. If you knew what is at, what was at stake, if you knew the amount of, 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 of sacrifice, you know, I... My parents were, were, were pastors and my goodness, we had to sacrifice so much. Us and we are the kids. 
We had to sacrifice so much. And we knew why we were sacrificing. It's because of the church. And so when I see people running towards that, I'm like, yeah, you will be serving the Lord your God. And maybe you might end up being famous. But do you know the cost? The cost that comes with fame. Do you know the cost that comes with that position? Do you know the demons and the devils you would have to fight? If you knew, you wouldn't be running towards it. In fact, you would be running away. You'd be running so fast and so far away. And that's why there has been this new wave of people and men and women of God who get to the place, uh, you know, when they start preaching and all that, and then they get to a place and they say, I don't want to do this anymore. Because it's probably not what they thought it would be. They thought it was just the fame and the money. They thought it was glitz and glam. And, and let me tell you, woe, woe unto you who actually thinks that pastoring is a walking. It's not. You should run. Be, you should be running away. You should be running away. You shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be there asking when you will you get the position. You shouldn't be fighting for positions. I pity. I really do pity people who run for the positions. Anyway, uh, now that I have the understanding and I know what exactly is going on with this particular situation, I was telling her, I wish I was not, you know, like right now, I feel like my kids would suffer. I was just telling her, I felt like my kids would have to sacrifice so much because now I'm a pastor, because now my husband and I are pastors. My kids will have to sacrifice so much. They're just young. They're just little babies. They'll have to sacrifice so much. They'll have to, you know, they'll have, they'll be judged so much because they're kids of pastors. Their, their lives are going to be scrutinized. Their decisions will be looked at, you know, their behavior, everything. So I was just telling, I feel like I would have been more comfortable being made pastor at 50 years old, you know, like her, because she's, she's about 50 years old. And she was looking at me and she was just listening and paying attention to me. And I was telling her, I feel that if I had time to just serve the Lord my God, yeah, I would. I don't mind preaching. I, I, I do feel that that is a calling and it's a gift that cannot be hidden. It's a city on a hill. I, it cannot be hidden. It's a gift in my life that can't be hidden, you know. Preaching, and when I get the opportunity to preach, I'm happy preaching. It's the title that I'm, I'm not okay with. You, you feel me? It's not that I don't want to do the work. The work is... I, is already inside of me. I can't even hide it. Wherever I go, it's noticeable. You know, it's there. It's noticeable and I don't mind exercising it. The challenge for me is the title. The title pastor is a weight, has the, a weight. It has such a heavy weight and um, I was just questioning myself the whole year. Am I willing to pay the costs and the price for this name? This title, am I willing to, to, to count, you know, to, to, to crucify myself daily for this title? This title, why this title and why now? Why this title and why, why now? I'm not 30 years old. And I feel that being made pastor below 30 years old is just being thrown into the, into the lion's den. This is Daniel in the, in the lion's den. And they just, they're ready. The lions are ready to devour you. And it's just scary. And so the anxiety was keeping me wondering all year, am I really ready? I know people are watching. I know people are waiting for me to fail. A couple of people are really scrutinizing and, you know, waiting for failure. I, I did see them. I did see them bank on the failure. I did see them uh, um, point fingers. And especially like the people who we were leading, you know, in the youth ministry, they were probably wondering, why are these young lads coming here? Uh, and, and are they even qualified? Have they even matured enough? And I do get their, I get their, their concerns. 
they are valid they are valid so for me that gave me a lot of anxiety and it also made me um really question a lot of some of the things that god was giving me and if i was really ready for the place that he was taking me and so because of that anxiety i um, i was talking to her and and telling her i feel that maybe it might have come before you know i feel like maybe i was thrown into the fire before and so after that she was sharing with me and she 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 said you know sometimes she thinks because she started has started serving god now in her 50s she sits down and in her prayer closet she asks herself what if god called me like pastor phil in my 20 in my 20s what if i was being sent to preach to branches you know church branches and other places at 22 like she was what if i was in a place it was put in the place like her and I realized my calling and I realized my gifts and my purpose like her at 22 years old. Wouldn't I have saved more people? Wouldn't I have helped more people? Because she's in psychology. Wouldn't she have helped more people than, than, than now starting at 50? Wouldn't she have prayed and fasted more at 22 than now at 50? She can't really fast as much and pray as much. And even when she does, she's in tears because she's thinking about all the energy she spent and wasted away in the world and not serving God. And so when she looks at me and she looks at my boys, you know, my young boys screaming at the top of their lungs in church and, and me, I'm worried about them distracting other people. She's thinking, I wish I brought my son here to scream at people in church when he was this young. I wish that he was like, Pastor Phil's son, and he was lifting up his hand and worshiping, and he's not caring about anybody else. I wish I had that opportunity like her, is what she was sharing with me. She was saying, I wish I was you. I wish I was you. I wish I was in your position at 22. When I look at myself at 22 years old back then, and now at 50s when I'm serving my God, I feel that there are so many wasted years. And I cry, I cry and cry because I know that I'll never get those years back. And I feel so sad to see the kind that these are the people that I'm serving with. The same people, the same position of people. You're in the same, you know, You say, these are the people you're serving God with. Um people who have started out young and so they will be able to do greater things for the kingdom of God. And and now comparing with herself who has started at such a, a, an older age. And I was looking at her and I'm thinking, damn, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, as in for me, this is such an eye opener. I'm complaining about the young my ears, you know, being young, being a young mom, a young wife, I'm complaining about my young age. And she's thinking, I wish I had that. Isn't, isn't that what life is? That you can be given a blessing that to you is disguised because it's a blessing in disguise, in disguise to you because you don't know how it feels to, to start ministry at 50. You don't know what it means to start living your purpose and living out your calling at 50. And so you're probably thinking, I'm so young, I'm so, in, I'm so unprepared, I'm so incapable, 
Oh my goodness. And, and the other person is thinking, what a great time to start. What a great time to make mistakes. What about 50? I can't even make any mistakes at 50 because once I make a mistake, there's no chance for, there's no second, where, what, is there any time for second chances? There's no time for second chances. There's no time to make mistakes. There's no time to misquote scriptures at 50. There's no time, but at 22, you can misquote them and then very quickly learn and get back up on your feet and be like, oh yeah, I didn't say this right last time I was up on stage. <laughs> and this is actually the, the real true meaning of the word of God. I mean, these, with age comes a lot of uh, responsibility, but when you're young, there's a lot you can get away with. And so when she was talking, I was in tears. I was in tears because I was thinking, damn, she she would want this and I would want her. I would want her life. I feel like she's seasoned. She's just, she's so deep. She's so knowledgeable. And I wish I was like her. And she's thinking, I wish I was like you. Isn't that what life is? That what God has given us, we don't really understand and appreciate it until we meet someone like my mentor who is wishing for what we have. It's, it's driving a car and you're thinking, damn, I would really want to have that bigger car. And on the other side of the window is someone in a motorbike or someone walking on foot thinking, I would give anything for that old car. I would give anything for that old piece of machine. It's, it's, it's somebody who's in a marriage and, and they're thinking, damn, I, I wish I, I just took a bit more time to be single and to live out my life. And there's another person who's in their 30s thinking, damn, I wish, I wish I would have accepted to get married as young as this person. I wish I didn't waste my time thinking that I need to enjoy my youth. Isn't that what life is? Isn't that what life is? us not understanding God's will and us not understanding the plans of God and us trying to do things our own way, constantly in comparison with others. You see, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of comfortability. Compa comparison makes us be uncomfortable with everything that we are living in, in our own skin, in our own lives, in our own homes, in our own marriages, in our own families. When we are constantly comparing ourselves with what we think is the best thing and not constantly seeking God's will to see, oh, so God, you really think that I should be married at 22 years old and start preaching to older people than me at 22 years old and become a pastor? Even before, you know, I should even have these kids and not just any kids, but boys. I raise boys. I don't even know if I've been raised up enough myself. I feel like I'm a still a young kid that needs to still be breastfeeding at home with my mom. Is this what is really your will for me? And when God says, yes, this is what I have for you, you trust that that's what God has for you. And when she was speaking to me, I was feeling the, in the ungrateful spirit that has been clouding my heart. One whole year, I have been ungrateful. I've been complaining to God. I have been murmuring to God about this position and the situation that I'm in, not knowing that not just her, but so many people really envy the place and, the, and this position that I am in. They would give anything to take my place. And so with that in mind, I fall down on my knees in thanksgiving. Knowing that as much as I am unqualified or as much as I am unprepared in my mind and in my heart or I feel like I don't even know how to do or what to do or what to say, God is sovereign and he's sovereign enough to know that 
he's avail to avail himself to me so that I can seek him for everything that I will need for the positions that he has given me. For the people, for the husband, for the children, for the family, for the business, for everything that he has put before me, he's asking me to go to him so that he can give me the wisdom that I need, so that he can give me the direction that I need for those situations. And that conversation blew my mind. It was just the way I needed to start the year. It was the kind of boost that I needed to start my year, right? Because what you don't want, what you're complaining and murmuring about, someone else would give anything for. And you who is murmuring, you don't even understand that it's a blessing in disguise. You don't get it. I know you're worried about your kids having to sacrifice so much because of the ministry. Take that to the Lord in prayer. It's an anxiety that you'll just have to take to the Lord in prayer. Take it to him and say, you know, I sacrificed so much when my parents were in ministry. I don't want my, my, my children to feel like they are burdened with the ministry. So help me, oh God to help them do a better, to start life in a better position. So it's all about taking all these things to God. It's all about trusting that he's on the throne. And so while she was winding up the conversation, she said, you know what, Phil? There's two things that you don't understand. For me, at 50, God knew how to prepare me. And it was being a wife, and being in the marketplace, and being a mom. And it was through those daily experiences that God sharpened and shaped me to become the person, the woman of God that I am right now. He used those things to prepare me. He used the workplace, being employed and working and now having my own business. He used those things to sharpen me, to give me wisdom through his word and for himself. But for you, you're probably thinking you'll be prepared in the same way as me. That's where you go wrong. She's saying, she's saying to me, I was prepared and I'm at a better hand probably because I was prepared in my young years. In high school, in campus, that is where God prepared me. Now as a young wife, God has prepared me. And I know you can probably look at her and look at me and think there is absolutely no way Pastor Phil would have more experience than someone who is 50 years old. It's obvious that the person who is 50 has had more life experience. But God has qualified me. Why? With the little thing that he was able to prepare me with, he found me prepared and he found me qualified. He found me ready to be used by him. If I was not ready, I wouldn't have that position. I wouldn't have that title. If I was not prepared, if, if, if God placed those things that he placed in my life and I did not pass that test and I, did not be, I was not found faithful, God would not be using me. And so she was telling me, it's not about age. It's about obedience. And it's just that you have been found obedient. And that, that in itself, that is a great joy. And so when she was talking, my goodness, I was feeling like this is the kind of wisdom that I want to sit under <laughs> all my life. Can you imagine going around the same with the same attitude all year thinking, oh my gosh, this is not my place. I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. I, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to be, you know, 
take take this place and take this position i I really struggled actually um in our church to sit at the front with the rest of the pastors actually a fa- a congregant he, it's a man a, a man that uh, I've grown very fond of because he's a very encouraging man he's very he really likes to encourage me and he came to me and he asked me I remember that time I was uh, heavily pregnant with my second child and he asked me pastor why why are you seated here at the back and I told him you know I have this little one and uh, I just want him to not distract or you know disturb people and of course you can see I'm expecting another one so I'm just getting used to being here at the back um not necessarily because um of anything else but because I I just want to stay here because my kids would probably make noise at the front and he looked at me and he said let them go and make noise at the front you're a pastor and your seat is at the front and I looked at him and I was like it's it's the boldness <laughs> it's the boldness that he had to come and talk to me at the back I was sitting at the, at the very back for for a very long time actually and and i think it pushed me and cuz when he was saying that he was saying that um uh and 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 he was so graceful with it and he was so serious and he followed up actually <laughs> he actually did every sunday he came looking for me at the front and i did so i i moved to the front because someone really someone came in and like injected alinidunga kashindano akaniambia imagine you're you're doing you're in the wrong place you're in the wrong place. When God has put you to the front, when God lifts you up, yours is not to put yourself down. Yes, you go there humbly because you know that you have done nothing and you will never do anything to keep that seat. But he is the one, it's actually a congregant that made me move to the front. Maybe now, because I'm taking care of a little boy, um, I'm, I'm staying in the mother's room. We have a, a crochet at church. But... Even sitting on those seats was such, it was it was such a big deal for me because it was that name pastor that I was just was just not sitting well and right with me. But here I am now, have understood that the preparation that God takes one person is different from the one that He will take another, and I should never ever compare my path with anybody else, and I should always seek God and understand to understand why he's doing what he's doing, why he's giving me what he's giving me and what exactly he wants me to do. I should always go back to him and say, okay, so now they've, they've, now I'm a pastor. Now I'm in charge of the youth. Now I have this. Now I am, you know, I am a mom to two boys. Now I'm a wife. So what God, what is it that you can, what wisdom can you pour unto me that I'm able to do the best with what you have given unto me? That's the kind of attitude that I'm carrying this 2023. I don't know about you. Are you like me who has been complaining when God has lifted you up? You have a new position, you're in a new place and you've been maybe beating your chest and maybe thinking that, oh, I've earned this. Maybe you're opposite from me. I'm thinking, man, I don't want this. And you're probably thinking it's about damn time that they gave me this position. I think we should both with our differences, go to God and ask him, okay, so now you have given me this position. How am I supposed to handle it? Now you have given me this new thing. It's a new job. It's a promotion. You know, it's a relationship. It's a situation. Whatever it is that God has given you this 2023, how about we go back to him and ask him how we can handle it? How about we go back to him and ask him 
what exactly is he expecting of us and how can he guide us to make and to be the best people so that whatever it is that he had intended comes to be and comes to pass for the honor and the glory of his name. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Life and Godliness with Phil. I'm happy that you made it all the way to the end and I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace, love, and all of the good things that the life has to offer. Bye!